You're listening to Trickle Down Theories, where football knowledge is power. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, here's Eric Trickle. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Trickle Down Theories Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Trickle. On Trickle Down Theories, we talk about all things NFL from draft, signings, trades, rosters, team needs. Now that the season's underway, we are going to be talking quite a bit about the upcoming Broncos opponents and recapping previous games, although we won't focus too much on that kind of stuff. And as you can guess, we do have a focus on the Denver Broncos, as I am an analyst with MileHighHuddle.com. And as I said, just anything and everything you can think of, we talk about here on Trickle Down Theories. Today, I have a really packed lineup to talk about to you guys with the season underway. Teams have cut down their rosters. They have their working on setting up their practice squads. There's just there's a lot of stuff to talk about. And uh, I'm going to be talking about a little bit about draft history. I'm going to be talking a little bit about the roster depth chart, the preview a little bit of the Seahawks roster and give my prediction on the outcome of it. And then if time allows, I might talk a little bit about the 2019 NFL draft, just a few guys that I can see Denver targeting and taking some questions that I had sent to me on Twitter, if time allows. Before we get to all that, I want to talk to you guys about why you guys need to become a VIP mile high huddle. Now, it's not hard to do. All you guys got to do is go up and on the top right corner, just click on become a premium member today or whatever it is that it says. And you guys get to choose between your monthly or annual subscription and you guys are locked in. Now, why should you become a VIP subscriber? You might be asking yourself, well, there's a few reasons why one of them is all of our film stuff is behind that. And trust me, there isn't any better film analysis, film breakdown of the Denver Broncos anywhere on the web. You guys get access to insider information as we come by it, which again, this is quite a bit of stuff that you guys end up hearing about from other other sources, but we have it first. We had the whole situation with CJ Anderson, but being cut and all that stuff way back when, well before anybody else had it. So you definitely guys get some get information that not everyone is privy to because a lot of people won't put it out there. You guys get access to just all of our deep dive player evaluations, all of our X's and O's, all of our film reviews. You guys get access to our VIP insider forums, just everything. There's so much stuff that you guys get to. And it's all every every single piece of written content that comes out of mileheld.com, you guys get access to. So all 100% of it. No box, no nothing. And trust me, you guys, it's worth it. Just take a chance. Even if you're unsure about it, when we have promos, take a look at the promo. And trust me, you won't be disappointed. Even without promos, you guys still should look into it. You guys still should check it out and see what uh, all we have to offer. Because again, you guys, you really won't be disappointed. You guys have my word on that. Now, jumping things off, I'm going to talk a little bit about draft history. I'm going to talk about it very briefly, just because every year when we get to cut downs, Denver ends up cutting a couple former draft picks that just didn't pan out. And every year that leads to, oh, John Elway isn't a great drafter. John Elway is one of the worst drafters, or John Elway is the worst drafter in the NFL. Now, I'm here to tell you that that's incorrect. Now, I set up a formula, and I tweeted it out so you guys can check out everybody. Um, I did it for all teams. I set up a formula to figure out what makes a player a hit or a miss. Now, I use the same formula for every single team, and it, the formula is based about how many games they played in with their original team. So if a player played like three games his rookie year with his original team, the team that drafted him, and then he gets traded, that's going to be a miss. Automatically, that's a miss. It doesn't matter if they had 100 sacks in those three games. The fact that they didn't continue to play out play with the team that drafted them, that's going to be a miss. Now, obviously, that's a little bit of a hyperbole with the 100 sacks, but you guys get the picture. Is 
length with the team that drafted him is a factor in this as well as production overall so a player who spent like three years with it and had really good production would be considered a hit whereas a player or would lean towards being a hit whereas a player who spent three years or spent six years with a team and had very little production very little time played with them where they're mostly game day inactives they're not going to be a hit so all that stuff all those factors matter production time played on the field not necessarily do they start or not because there's so many ways you could be a key special teams player and you're not going to be starting on defense you won't be won't be given a start because they don't count special teams players as starts so that's just a little overlook of the formula again i have the whole thing out on twitter not the formula but the whole rankings out there and what everybody is and i went through all 32 teams in the nfl from their 2011 to 2017 nfl draft and with this formula in mind i calculated every single pick of theirs were they a hit or were they a bust now if denver was to be one of the worst ones they would have to be right around a 12 or 13 percent hit rate let's see i have there's six teams that have under a 15 percent hit rate team like the bills they're at 13.5 percent that the amount of their picks that they've hit on a team like the vikings they've only hit on 13.2 percent of their pick the raiders 13.8 the jets 14.5 the dolphins 14.8 so there's definitely there and obviously with some of these hits some of them are going to be bigger hits than others like a khalil mack is going to be a much bigger hit than than andy janovich who's was considered a hit for the Broncos because he is a starter at fullback. He does contribute quite a bit and he's been around with the team for a while. So there is nothing to factor in how big of a hit they were. This is just how many picks they've actually hit on. Now for the top of on the other end of the spectrum, you have the Patriots They're at 28.6. They get a lot of heat for how badly they draft, but I guess good teams, if they fail on their draft picks, it's a little bit more recognized. Baltimore Ravens, 25.8 Falcons, 29.2 Texans, 29.1 Jaguars, 26 so definitely those are teams at the higher on the spectrum now the highest one there's only a couple that have a 30 or higher percent hit rate the saints they have a 30 30.2 percent hit rate the other team which is the highest one is the denver broncos they have a 35.2 percent hit rate now granted this doesn't include the 2018 nfl draft obviously you can't really say how they're going to be doing because they haven't played an nfl game yet outside of preseason which counts but doesn't count also 2017 2016 nfl draft for around the nfl there's still some questions about there's still some guys who missed last year that were rookies because of injuries things like that like minnesota vikings dalvin cook he was a draft pick in 2017 he got hurt early so even though he may end up being a hit for this formula he ended up being a miss currently so there's definitely some issues with that that are still have to wait and see and then you have guys for the broncos i mean you have demarcus walker who wasn't considered a hit by any means you have garrett Bowles, who do based on the formula how it was for offensive linemen he was a rookie starter he ended up being a hit and he played so pretty well now the formula was adjusted for how long the team the player had been in the nfl as well that should be worth mentioning so 35.2 percent of the broncos picks that they've hit on between 2011 and 2017. also with the broncos too it's worth remembering that they were really carried by those first few drafts of from la i mean that first draft you had raheem moore who yeah he didn't have the best ending to his time in denver but he was a really pretty good starter there for a while orlando franklin was a big contributor julius thomas virgil green von miller of course then you have guys like Derek wolf malik jackson danny trevithin matt paradis like those are the guys that all are all our hits and some of them yeah they're not in the nfl anymore like orlando franklin and raheem moore but for their time in denver they would be considered a hit so i think it's time to lay to rest for now 
that John O is a bad drafter. Obviously, we're going to have to wait and see how 2017, 2016, and even 2018, how they pan out. But John Elley, he has had a rough few times, but he's definitely ahead of the other people in the other teams in the NFL right this with their drafting. And I mean, most of these teams, yeah, they've made changes at their front office and they still can't, they still can't get things done. John always managed to stick around because he's doing an all right job. I mean, no team's perfect. They're never going to hit on 100% of their picks. And they've just been solid drafting, finding key contributors at different places. Obviously, when you miss on a guy like Paxton Lynch, that's going to be a huge issue. And Monte Ball, Sylvester Williams, like, misses like that. Obviously, they're going to hurt the team a little bit. But still, John Elway is still a pretty good drafter. So I think it's time to put that to rest. Now, with the cuts down, cuts down to 53 set, the Denver Broncos have their... Well, they have their 53-man roster. Now, there's some issues that I have with it, mainly keeping six inside linebackers. But my issue more so is not with how the roster looks per se, but with the comments that the John L.A. and Vince Joseph made as to why they made the roster the way they did. They mentioned keeping six inside linebackers to help with special teams. Okay, that's fine. I'm a big, big supporter of having good special teams units. But when you keep Keishon Barrera around and say it's for special teams, when he looks lost when he has played on special teams... But you cut your team's best gunner and Brendan Langley. I'm going to question you a little bit. Now, I get that Brendan Langley's looked bad on defense. I won't argue that. But Keishon Barrera has looked even worse. Keishon Barrera looks lost on the field, period. And you're keeping him around, but you're getting rid of the best gunner on the team. That that just doesn't add up to me. I had a lot of people sit there and tell me, well, Denver doesn't really keep just gunners around. Well, they do. Jamal Carter last year, he was primarily just a gunner. Kayvon Webster, David Bruton. Like these are some of these guys where David Bruton especially was really bad on defense his first few years. He never saw more than like 20 snaps or 23% snaps on defense until his second to last year in Denver. Like he was just bad on defense. And finally he was able to, they were able to find a role that fit him. So there's some issues that, and then another issue I have is them mentioning that, oh, they trust their young guy but they're keeping certain players around because of experience. I mean, that's kind of contradictory if you really think about it. But anyways, getting down to the roster, as I said, I do have some issue with the six inside linebackers. I can understand why they kept Alexander Johnson, even though he won't play, won't contribute for a year or two. I can understand why they really believe in his development. They really believe in his ability to be something in the NFL. They just got to sit there and develop him. And they were afraid that if they parted ways with him, he would be picked up elsewhere. That's all understandable. Not the best move, in my opinion, but it's understandable. Joe Jones, keeping him at inside linebacker. That's understandable. He's a really good athlete. He's really good on special teams. You want to focus on special teams? Well, he's one to pick to keep around. Keishon Barrera, as I, as if you couldn't tell, this is one that I absolutely cannot get behind. This is a guy that looks lost. Maybe you can bring him back on the practice squad. I'm pretty sure if you cut him, he wasn't getting picked up elsewhere. He's not going to help on special teams. He's going to be a game day inactive along with Alexander Johnson. But inside linebacker, it's a really big concern anyway. So that's why I can get on board with five guys. Um, a little bit more so. Brandon Marshall, Todd Davis, they're, uh, they have some concerns with their game. Josie Jewell, he's still a rookie, so there's definitely concerns there. Cornerback, I'm fine with keeping five. I wish they would have kept Brandon Langley around, as you couldn't tell, just because of what he brings to the, the value he brings as a special teams gunner. All preseason long, he was making plays on special teams, and that's just, that's something that you can't give up on. That's something that you really need because you have to win in special teams. You have to win in two of the three phases, offense, defense, and special teams, in order to win the game, pretty much, so. That's the common rule. Matt Paradis, the starting center, no quarrels there, of course. I really like what they did on the defensive line. I'm a little bummed that they weren't able to keep more than six guys, but I understand that, you know, roster math. 
had to keep those six inside linebackers, so they had to cut a guy like Deshaun Williams or Clinton McDonald. But Derek Wolf, the Marcus Walkers at Karadam Gotsis, Shelby Harris, and Dama Topeko, those are guys that all figured on to be on the roster. Sam Jones, I wasn't surprised that he made it, but I was a little bit um, simply because I figured that he could use a year, so I thought that maybe they'd try to get him onto injured reserve with those back spasms and just let him sit and rest for a little while as he grows as a player and gets works in the weight room a little bit because he can he can do to get a little bit stronger. Ron Leary, Billy Turner, Max Garcia, Jared Valdir, Garrett Bowles running out your offensive line. Uh, the big issue I have here is Billy Turner. Cyrus Quanjo, he clearly outplayed Billy Turner from preseason tape, and yet they keep Billy Turner. It's not something that I really can understand. I get it that he has some experience within the roster, within the team already. They really liked what he was showing last year before he got hurt, but it just wasn't shown this year, this preseason. So I'm not fully on board on with it, but hopefully he's able to do some things that prove these worries wrong. Or, best yet, hopefully he doesn't see the field. The biggest issue, though, is Cyrus Coanjo actually looks really good on the offensive line at left tackle, whereas Elijah Wilkinson, who I forgot to mention, also made it. And Billy Turner, Billy Turner never saw left tackle. He just played on the right side, and Elijah Wilkinson looked really bad at left tackle. So this makes me think that the if for some reason Garrett Bowles gets hurt, the plan is to move Jared Valdir over to left tackle and insert Billy Turner because Elijah Wilkinson, he looked best at guard. So I think he's just a backup to the backup at tackle. but. I think that they would have been better off with Cyrus Coanjo there, personally. Special teams, I mean, Brandon McManus, Marquette King, Casey Crater, not much to talk about with them. What they did at outside linebacker is fine. I understand why they wanted to keep Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett with that with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. My issue is that you have two guys who are on their last year of their deals at this position, and then you have really no one. You have guys on. You have a guy on the practice squad. But you have nobody that's can, that potentially can get experience this season. I don't see either of these guys returning to Denver either. So I think this was a bad move to keep just to keep both guys that are gone next year. I think they would have been better off and obtained more value had they moved one now. So they cut Paxton Lynch and signed Kevin Hogan. I would fully expect Kevin Hogan to be off the roster here after this next game, after the first game of the season, simply because that's when veteran contracts start aren't guaranteed. I mean, they're already not guaranteed already. So, but I think after this week, they're going to make some changes around and Kevin Hogan's going to lose his spot for someone or another. Not sure who, but he'll probably be gone after this week. I'd fully expect them to bring in another veteran quarterback to replace him, but we'll see. That's just my opinion on what they do. Royce Freeman, he's going to sit atop of the depth chart that has been linked already. That's very well deserved. Devontae Booker managed to make this team somehow they say his future is bright, but I can't see it just as Devontae Booker can't see running lanes. Philip Lindsay, he should be the number two back. Um, I'll be I'm kind of curious about what number he's gonna end up wearing. Remember, it's against NFL rules for a running back to wear a number under 20. So he's definitely gonna have to change it. There's gonna be some, a lot of changes to who wears what coming around. I like what they did at safety, keeping Demonte Thomas, Will Parks, Darian Stewart, Justin Simmons. I really like that. I mean, four guys, they ended up putting Sua Cravens on injured reserve, and he can come back after week nine. Thomas and Parks, they were looking really good this preseason. So I'm fine with them seeing what they've got for a few weeks and then go, deciding from there with Sua Cravens. It maximizes space on their roster. And they use that spot to bring back Isaiah McKenzie, who can help as a returner. So we'll see what they do there going forward. Another big issue I have is that tight end. 
Jake Butt has looked really bad as a blocker. Jeff Hireman, he's just meh as a blocker. And Matt Lacasse is even is not as bad as Jake Butt, but not as good as Jeff Hireman. They have serious concerns with their blocking from the tight end position. I would have kept Brian Parker or Austin Trailer just for their blocking ability, personally. But hopefully Lacasse can do enough to maximize his value as a rece- as a receiving weapon to make up for that. And then what they did at receiver, that was pretty much expected. Thomas Sanders, Patrick Sutton, and Hamilton, those guys, those everybody, after training camp started, you knew those five were going to make it. Even before training camp, you knew Thomas Sanders, Sutton, and Hamilton were making it. Patrick really stood out this preseason, and it's hard was hard to move on from him, if not impossible. And then they brought back Isaiah McKenzie, as I said, when they put Sua Cravens on injured reserve. And then to round out the roster with the practice squad, they brought back River Craycraft, Brendan Langley, Trey Marshall, Brian Parker, Kyle Pecco, Austin Schlotman, Dave Williams, and Deshaun Williams. They also brought back Carlos Henderson, but he's going to be suspended for the first week of the season. So he's going to be on the reserve suspended list. Once he comes back, they're going to make some changes because they also expect Avery Genesee, a former offensive lineman with the Browns, and Jeff Holland to sign back with the practice squad sometime today. And at the time of recording, this is it's Monday, September 3rd. So they expect them to sign some point today back on the practice squad. So that'll put them at 11 guys. So some, some changes are going to happen. Maybe this is when they wave Kevin Hogan is they end up pulling up a guy off the practice squad and cutting Kevin Hogan, which frees up the spot for Carlos Henderson to come back. Maybe they, that maybe that's when they end up bringing, calling up Brian Parker to help the blocking system. Maybe that's when they bring up Deshaun Williams to add that seventh defensive lineman. Maybe that's when they bring up Brendan Langley to help with the special teams as a gunner. We'll see what happens though. That's definitely some options. And it's definitely known that they have to do something if they do end up signing Jeff Holland and Avery Genesee back or signing them to the practice squad. Can't have 11 guys on the practice squad. They're only getting by for now. Cause as I said, Carlos Henderson's on the reserve suspended list. Now, I still have a lot that I want to get to, but I want to say thank you to our great sponsor in Audible and let you guys know that you guys can get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial at www.audibletrial.com slash huddle up. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your phone, iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Again, that is www.audibletrial.com slash huddle up. Audible trial is great. If you guys are busy and don't have the time to sit down to actually read a book, Audible Audible is great. It's perfect for you. You're able to just put it on your phone, pop in headphones, and just do what you're doing and listen to a book without actually having to read it. Now, I love to sit and read. I don't always have time to do it. I have a young daughter. I'm busy working for mileihuddle.com. I'm busy working at my day job, and it's just... I just don't have the time to sit down and read, but Audible is definitely something that it's nice. I'm able to go in after a long day's work put something on my phone and just listen to it and relax. And a lot of times I end up drifting off to sleep for it just because of how tired I am. But really guys, Audible's great. Definitely check it out. It's, it's worth it again, just like it is worth becoming a VIP member. It's worth becoming a subscriber to Audible. Now, before I get to going over the depth chart, they haven't released the depth chart. It's just going to be kind of how I think I'm going to do it. I do want to mention that, it wasn't official before when I said it before, but in the time it was where I was recording, we got official word that Jeff Holland and Avery Genesee have been signed to the Broncos practice squad. So just in that, well, to you guys, it was absolutely no time at all, but to me, it was about five minutes. So in that short time that I was gone, which was edited out, Avery Genesee and Jeff Holland have been signed to the Broncos practice squad. Now, as for the depth chart, 
it's been leaked that Royce Freeman's going to be the top guy at running back. I hate using starter and whatnot at running back because it's really going to depend on what they're doing, what they want to get going first, who they're playing. If they're playing a team that's weaker to the passing game, especially back out of the backfield, I'd expect Booker to be the guy that gets the go first or Phillip Lindsay. If they're facing a team that's really struggles to defend the run, then you'll probably see Royce Freeman out there first and more often. It's, it's very much just adjusting to who you're playing. So with that in mind, Royce Freeman's the number one. I'd fully expect them to have Devontae Booker number two and Philip Lindsay number three. Quarterback, obviously Case Keenum is a starter. Chad Kelly's probably going to be the backup and Kevin Hogan number three. Although due to experience, I wouldn't be surprised if they have Kevin Hogan as the number two and then Chad Kelly as the number three. Fullback, you only have Andy Janovich, tight end. Jeff Hireman's going to be your starter. Jake Butcher, number two. Matt Lacoste is your number three. Across the offensive line, you have, you're going to have Garrett Bowles, Ron Leary, Matt Paradis, Connor McGovern, and Jared Valdir. Behind them, you're going to have some combination of Billy Turner, Elijah Wilkinson, Max Garcia, and Sam Jones. One thing that I want to mention about the offensive line real quick, because I do love the versatility. Connor McGovern, Sam Jones, Max Garcia, they've all shown that they can play center as well as guard. Elijah Wilkinson, he's shown he can handle, tackle, and play well at guard. Jared Valdir can play either side. Billy Turner can play either right side, either guard or tackle on the right side. Ron Leary can move around from left guard to right guard. There's a lot of versatility there on the Broncos offense. Offensive line. Defensive line, you're going to end up seeing Adam Gotzis, Derek Wolf, and Domita Pecco be the three starters in their base front. Behind them, you're going to see Zach Kerr, Shelby Harris, and Demarcus Walker. You're going to see a lot of Demarcus Walker in their sub packages. He's going to be rushing that, rushing the quarterback from that three tech spot. Then you have you're going to have Bradley Chubb and Von Miller as the starters at outside linebacker. Your rush linebackers backed up by Shaq Barrett and Shane Ray. Inside linebacker, you're, you're going to see you're going to end up seeing it going to be Todd Davis and Brandon Marshall the starters. Josie Jewell and most likely Joe Jones as the backups with Alexander Johnson and Keishon Barrera, likely game day inactives, but they're, they're going to be the third string on there. Adam Jones will probably be your number three quarterback with Chris Harrison, Bradley Roby, your one and two. Tremaine Box, Tremaine Brock's going to be your number four, and Isaac Yadam, your number five. Your starters at safety, Darian Stewart, Justin Simmons with Will Parks and DeMonte Thomas backing them up. So really, even though it's not released yet, the depth chart's kind of pretty easy to figure out just by looking at the roster and everything. So I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong at all on this. I mean, there might be a couple guys on the depth chart down below that might be switched up a little bit and where they are placed specifically. Like, is Billy Turner going to be placed as the backup right tackle or backup left tackle, even though he's the backup swing tackle? Things like that. And then I wouldn't be surprised if Philip Lindsay and Adam Jones are your primary returners. So with Isaiah McKenzie backing them up. And then receiver, that's pretty easy. I think I skipped over it. Thomas and Sanders is your star. Sutton's going to, and Hamilton, they're going to be your 3-4. Tim Patrick and McKenzie, they're your 5-6. Now, before I finish this off, I just want to remind you listeners to give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as we are now on Spotify. Don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. It's, it's really appreciated when you guys do that, because without you guys, we wouldn't be where we are today. And we really appreciate that. So all we ask is go go to iTunes or Spreaker, rate and subscribe, let your voices be heard, leave a comment on how well you enjoyed the show. It, again, it's very much appreciated that you guys do this, as you guys are the ones who enable us to do something that we all love to do so again please just help spread the word around and subscribe and like on itunes stitcher and spotify now now i want to get to the seattle seahawks because that's who the denver broncos are going to open their game against and i want to say that when you have russell wilson all things are possible this is one of the best young quarterbacks in the nfl and last year he really carried that team that offensive line was absolute garbage they were probably the worst offensive line in the nfl that defense was hit and miss at times
times. And this year, after watching their preseason games, they still look, they do look better than they did last year, but they still look like they're going to be in the bottom of the NFL this year, probably bottom 10, bottom 10 to 12 teams in the NFL, probably. Uh, obviously, they can exceed expectations and do better than that. But that offensive line is still very hit and miss, especially that right side. There's a lot of issues there. Dwayne Brown, he looks solid at left tackle, but again, Russell Wilson, he can help cover up a lot of those issues. They need to get a run game going. They need to get keep the passing game going. I still I have questions about, I just have questions about the offense in general outside of Russell Wilson. That defense, they're young. They have a lot of promising talent there, but they still make a lot of men, rookie mental errors, young mental errors, and it shows, and that can be taken advantage of. They lost some key players on that defense that really great for that system they still have really good linebackers so that's that's the area that you want to watch out it's those linebackers those guys those guys can be game changers so that's concern here i'd say that i would fully expect denver to walk away with this one i fully expect denver to walk away with this one anyways if they don't it will be very disappointing denver looks like they are the better team of the two after what i saw of both teams this preseason from just their starters i'm not talking about their backup guys and i would think that denver walks away with this one not easily but i would think about 24 to 17 or 24-14, somewhere around there, somewhere in that range. So we'll definitely have to see what happens. But that is my prediction for it is 27. I'll, I'll go 24 to 17. That's what I'll go with. Seahawks end up losing by a touchdown. All right, guys, I have uh, just a couple more quick events that I wanted to. All right, guys, I just have a couple more real quick things to talk about. Basically, 2019 NFL draft, college season's underway. There's some really good names that you want to keep an eye out for. Obviously, Ed Oliver and Joey Bosa, those guys, or Nick Bosa, those are the two top guys really in the NFL or in coming out in college this year, provided they do come out. But guys that I would really keep an eye on is Devin Bush. He's a linebacker from Michigan. Devin White, a linebacker from LSU. Tavon Coney, linebacker from Notre Dame. Mac Wilson from Alabama. Patty Fisher from Northwestern. Kendall Joseph from Clemson. And Dre Greenlaw from Arkansas. Those are guys are looking like really good, solid linebackers that will probably, obviously, we have to see how the college season ends up, but they look like they're going to be some of the top line, off-ball linebackers entering the draft this year. And Denver could definitely look at adding off-ball linebacker. If they want to look at cornerback, Greedy Williams, he's the top guy. Then Levante Taylor, Levert Hill, Mark Gilbert, those are three corners that I actually really like. What what little bit I've seen of them. I'm not going to lie, I haven't done a whole lot of looking into the college prospects this year so far. I did some work on some of these guys last year that may have potentially came out and didn't. So A few other guys that are worth looking at, if you want to look at offensive line, Jonah Williams, Lester Cotton, Dalton Risner, Ben Powers... David Edwards, Greg Little, Bo Benswale, not sure how to say his name, a guard from Wisconsin like Ross Pearsonbacher. There's a lot of good quality offensive linemen in this year's draft. It looks definitely, it projects to be a lot better than it did the last couple of years. Noah Fant at tight end, he's going to be the top guy for sure at tight end right here. But Dawson Knox from Missouri, he looks like he can rise up a little bit. There's definitely a lot of talent throughout. If these guys all all come out, like this could be one, a really, really good offensive line and defense year. Like cornerback isn't the best, but safety linebacker, defensive line edge like they all look really they all project to be really strong this year so i'm excited to continue work on the college season and working towards the 2019 nfl draft hopefully denver's picking at very worst in the middle of the pack this year hopefully at the very they're at the very best impact picking at the end of the first round so we'll see what happens at this point but i'm just getting out there that i'm excited about the nfl draft and i'm excited about getting into these college prospects now i do have two questions they're both from keenan mama who's your mama from on twitter he asked what should expectations be for this season what does it take for vance joseph to keep his job how bad does it have to get for him to get fired in season and what the heck is up with six line inside linebackers 
So he sent in a few questions. Expectations for this season is at very worst is you want to see this team go 500. That's at very worst. There is a lot of belief in this organization that this team is a playoff caliber team. We've seen what we've seen what happens when John Elliott has expectations for this team and the coach isn't able to get the team to meet them. All uh, John Fox a few years ago. Granted, there were more stuff behind the scenes. So if Vance Joseph disappoints as a coach and John Elliott really firmly believes that this is a playoff team and he's not able to get them there, then I definitely can see Vance Joseph losing his job. But I think to be safe, he needs to get at least. 500 i don't think at any point this year he wants to get two games under 500 so he doesn't want to start oh and two on the season i don't think he gets fired at that point i think he gets a little bit more time but you don't want to see him go four and six you don't want to see him at seven and nine things like that you don't want to see him two games two more losses than wins you don't want to see that you, you want to see him try to stick he wants to try to see him stick around 500 at the very worst but with how easy denver's schedule is playoffs are very realistic possibility they have the talent on this off offense to be more than capable and they have the talent on defense to really change the game they just got to settle down and cover those tight ends as for what the heck up is with six linebackers apparently special teams i talked about that at the start of this so i'm not going to go too much into it i think it's i think it's really dumb to keep six inside linebackers if you're running a basically no matter what anyways i want to thank you all for listening to trickle down theories please leave a like and subscribe follow me on twitter it's at eric trickle you can always reach me on there with any kind of question and i'm more than willing to respond i love the interaction with all you fans listeners and the readers of our content because as i said before without your support we wouldn't be here where we are so we thank you for that also please follow at my huddle for all of our written work from mylihuddle.com and at huddle up pod for all the podcasts from the huddle up pod network and they all focus on the denver broncos so they're made specifically for you the denver bronco fans also keep an eye out because i do do periscopes every now and then i'm going to be doing them um, my goal is three times a week outside of game time because i still want to try to do one at halftime and after the game well let me rephrase that um, my goal is to do one before the game at halftime and after the game just to talk about a little bit about my thoughts of the game then the day after i want to try to do a film thing a film review just a few plays that I'm not gonna, that aren't going to be in a film piece of mine, as well as just a day during the week to just kind of talk about my thoughts about the team in general and how they're heading into the new week. That's my goal. We'll see what happens, but keep an ear out on my Twitter for the Periscopes. Anyways, I had a great time chatting to you all. I hope you guys had a good time. I'm your host, Eric Trickle, and I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode of Trickle Down Theories, and please have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Trickle Down Theories. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.